welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Vacaville, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We are so glad and honored that you would join us today, and we pray that this message you're listening to is a blessing to your day. We want to invite you to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service times. We hope to see you at a service or a special event sometime soon. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to the book of Isaiah chapter 35 and verse 8. Isaiah 35 and verse 8, Hebrews 12. We'll be going after that. So good to see Brother Guy's mom here with us. So glad that she's here with us. Amen. So, so very grateful to feel the presence of the Lord. Amen. Yes, Bishop Limonis, I know. Amen. Turn it off. Amen. <laughs> this is exciting. Amen. God is, you know, and God has positioned us to be able to make a difference in these nations. And now God is, is setting the men up that will help uh, better put us in position than ever before. Amen. What was amazing was yesterday when they showed up at the general conference, uh, Bishop Ronnie's name wasn't even on the ballot. They, they wouldn't even print it on the ballot, but God found a way for him to, for it to work out anyway. Amen. I'm thankful for that. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Isaiah 35 and 8. And in highway shall be there in a way and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring man, though fools, shall not err therein. Hebrews 12 and 4. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Amen. So two questions as I really <clears throat> kind of spurred this uh, several months ago to endeavor to go on this long journey we're going to be on for the next few months is two questions. One, if God has a way, if he has a highway, I want to be on that highway. All right? So the Bible says there, Jesus said, I am the way. So we could very generically say, okay, the way. But the Bible says there is a highway and it's called holiness. I want to find that highway. I don't want to just see it and say it was a cool highway. I've been to Route 66, you know, cool highway. I want to live on that path. And then the second question is, if there's something I must have to see the Lord, how do I get it? Okay. There are, there are certain things the Bible said you, you have to have to see the Lord. And since holiness is one of them, again, I want to know what it is, and I want to know how to find the path and stay on it. Amen? And so we're going to continue on in, in um, our series of the way of holiness. The series is the way of holiness. The lesson that will be part two is the spirit of holiness. We're just dealing with the spirit of holiness. Amen. And as I told you before, this is going to go on for a long time uh, because I don't want to just reduce it down to just an attitude and then uh, what we determine as standards because holiness is way more than that. I want to find the spirit of it. And I want to be in it. Amen. 
Amen. And so um, that's what we're going to do. Look at somebody and say, I want to be in the way of holiness. And when I say in the way of holiness, I mean on the path. Don't get in front of it and block it. Amen. But in the way of holiness. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence, your great anointing. I pray that you would open our understanding tonight, Lord, to not only be hearers, but doers also of your word. Strengthen us, Lord, to be more like you, to be more like you, to endeavor to walk after your statutes. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. I'm going to do a quick recap since it's been a few weeks since we kicked this off and, and to kind of put us into remembrance. Um, one is um, that the spirit of holiness deals with the mindset, the attitude, the spirit, literally, of holiness. And before you say, well, some people say, well, I, I think I could be excited about living for God. I just don't know if I could be holy as God's holy. That's just impossible. Um, when he filled us through salvation, he filled us with what spirit? The Holy Ghost. The holy, very first word is defining what it is he put in you. What kind of a spirit? So I cannot be holy without the Holy Ghost. It's impossible to be holy without the Holy Ghost. Amen. Got to have it. If you, if you, you, you think you're holy without the Holy Ghost, you're, you're just being different. Just being a separatist. To be holy, we have to have the Holy Ghost, which leads and guides into all truth. Amen. And so last week, we, um, we, last week, a few weeks ago, we kicked this off. We, we went to Ephesians 4, and um, we, we talked about the list of do's and don'ts. Remember, that? I don't know if they could throw that slide up, the list of do's and don'ts. And uh, here we go, Ephesians 4 and 25 through 5 and 4 um, list the do's. Matter of fact, let me, just, let me just read this while we have the do's and don'ts up there. And we're only dealing with the spirit of it. Amen. Because he's got to start on the inside. We used to sing the old song, Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. You can't get him outside before you get him inside. Amen. That's why it's the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit's got to be in us. Amen. So we deal with this, verse 25 of Ephesians 4. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the things which is the thing which is good, that he may give, that may he may have to give. To him that needeth, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you are sealed into the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving uh, one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Go down to verse uh, verse 1 of chapter 5. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, 
and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us as an offering and sacrifice sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor, but fornication and all uncleanliness, covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are uh, convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no whoremonger, no unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. And then verse 6, Paul just kind of puts a little button there, and he says, by the way, let no man deceive you with vain words. Because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. So he ends all of that list. Now, we have chapter 4, chapter 5, but Paul didn't write it in chapters and verse. He wrote it in letter form. So he gets through making the statement about the do's and the don'ts, and then he stops and he says, by the way, don't let anybody talk you out of what I just said. Don't let anybody deceive you out of that because, that, because he is saying that, that the wrath of God comes upon children who are disobedient to the things I just mentioned. All right? So... We've got, to, we've got to understand that we need all of the Word of God. All of it, even the parts I, even the parts I don't like. You know, sometimes the Word of God's inconvenient to my agenda. You know, you want to punch somebody sometimes, right? You want to run that car off the road for cutting you off. You, know, you want to give them a piece of your mind. Man, the Word gets in the way of that, don't it? Be a loving one to another. <laughs> and I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just saying that's just the way the word of God is. Be kind one to them. Man, I would have really given them a piece of my mind, but aren't you glad you didn't? The word restrains that. And so let's look at the do's and the don'ts. Now, every time I say we're going to look at the do's and don'ts, people start going, oh, man, I wonder what he's going to talk. I'm talking about the spirit of holiness. Because if you don't get the mindset and the spirit of holiness, nothing, you're not going to catch the rest of it. And we're going to spend, believe me, we're going to spend a long time on the spirit of holiness. Here's the do's. Speak truth. Unity. This is what holiness will work in you, okay? Unity, work, give, encourage, kind, tenderhearted, forgiving, loving, thankful, and sexually pure. If holiness is not in your life, this is what it's going to work. Lying. Sinful anger. So you can have holiness and have anger, just not sinful anger. Remember, be angry. and Now, a lot of times I qualify that because I've had, I can't tell you how many people, and even some sitting here, have come to me at times just so brokenhearted and, and just feeling so condemned because you were angry about something. You didn't act upon the anger, but you were angry, and you felt that I have disappointed God because that situation made me angry. It's not a sin to be angry. It's a sin to be angry and do something sinful about it. Somebody cuts me off in traffic. I can get angry about that. But if I show them my middle finger and give them a piece of my mind, I just sinned. If I run them off the road, I've sinned. If I go home and kick the dog because of what that car did, I sinned. So you can be angry, just don't sin about it. Amen. 
Amen. So here, here's what not having holiness does. Lying, sinful anger, stealing, corrupt talk. You'll grieve the Holy Ghost if you don't have a spirit of holiness. Amen. Bitterness, gossip. These are the works of, so we have holiness, and then we'll call this anti-holiness, which means against or without, okay? Gossip, obnoxiousness, meanness, covetousness, sexual impurity, filthy talk and dirty jokes. All of that is produced out of not having the spirit of holiness in your life. Amen. And so uh, we're going to move on from that list. Thank you. And so we covered that. We went into that in great detail, and it's, I believe it's on the podcast, on the app. You can get all of that stuff and go back and listen to it. Matter of fact, I was sharing uh, some of this with uh, Pastor Sarima, and um, we, he wants to take and adapt this whole series. Now, I've got about two and a half months worth of it, and I'm still not finished with writing this. And uh, he said, I think, I think we need to put this in as an actual part of getting a degree from the Paul R. Price Theological Seminary. It's, our students need to know that holiness is more, it's way more than what's on the outside. It starts on the inside and then works outside. Amen. So let, let's see what the Bible says about holiness. Amen. Ephesians 4 and 22 through 24. Paul says that you put off concerning the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So when you're saved, when you have the Holy Spirit, the spirit of holiness will work your conversation to be different. Amen. You remember how you used to talk when you didn't have the Holy Spirit? Shouldn't be talking like that when you have the Holy Spirit. Boy, I'm going I'm, I'm to shout myself right now. Amen. Right? You talk different. Changes everything about you. 1 Timothy 4 and 12 through 13. Amen. Paul writes Timothy and says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. In word. Now, what's he, what's he saying? Now, hold on. Let's back up. Let's don't get ahead of ourselves and just read through this. He is saying, don't let anybody despise your youth. Be thou an example of the believers. We all need to be examples to one another. How do I be an example? Well, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray 25 hours a day. I'm going to talk in tongues so I get an accent. I'm going to be a, I'm going to really be an he told you how to be an example in word, in conversation, in charity, that's love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. You're, you're not an example. We're not an example because we, we drive a $100,000 vehicle. We're not an example if we got a 7,000 square foot house. That's a blessing. That's not an example. The example is our conversation. It's our love. It's our spirit. Amen. Verse 13, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Amen. Uh, the spirit of holiness. Holiness is a doctrine of the Bible. Amen. Paul writes Timothy, his, or Titus rather, his other son in the gospel in Titus chapter 2. 
and verse 3. And uh, for those of you that are taking notes, you can write all this down, um, all these points. And if you don't have anything to take notes with, our young people have got a notebook. As a matter of fact, if you got one, just wave it at somebody and they'll see the notebook and pen. You get one of these for $5, it's got the church logo on, you can take some notes. Amen. Titus chapter 2 and verse number 3, and then we're going to go 11 through 13 of that same chapter, Titus chapter 2 and verse number 3. Now, we're going to go through this slow. I'm not in a hurry, okay? The aged women, likewise, that means those that are older, more, more seasoned, more mature, all right? The aged women, I like that term, aged, not old, not like a, you know, smelly piece of chicken in the back of the fridge that got left there. The aged, that means gained value the longer, right? Like, like an expensive wine, it's, it's, it's more money the longer it's held together, all right? Some of you ladies, I'll look at somebody else and go, I'm just aged, You pay money for things that are aged. You give away things that are old. All right. You ever had a you ever had an aged steak? Phenomenal. Matter of fact, let's all bow our heads and, and pray as we head out. <laughs> Amen. I'm not crazy about dry aged steak. I like a wet aged steak. Those are fun. I like both, but you know. Anyway, aged. Aged brings value to it. All right. Aged cheese. Aged. You got the picture, amen. The aged women, that they behave, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness. Oh, I know I got more to read, but I'm just going to stop right there for just a second. The aged women be an example by having a behavior of holiness, Throughout the New Testament, Paul would write, Peter would write, um, I think even James wrote and said, ye older women be an example. Ye older be an example. We are so out of order in our society that we've got the older trying to imitate the younger rather than the younger imitating the older. We put more value on the ideas, the, uh, the looks, the speech of the younger than we do on the older. And it's a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe for disaster. Um, now, he specifically said the aged women. Uh, so I, I'll just say it like this. Isn't it, isn't it pretty repulsive to see somebody that don't act their age? You ever been around somebody? You ever? I, 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 look, if you already have an opinion of me, I can't change it, all right? But so, you know, you just sip on this tea for a little while, okay? You, you ever seen a woman not acting her age? You know, like more advanced in years, but acting like she's 19? Isn't that gross? Isn't it, isn't it gross? And you just kind of think to yourself, like, what's wrong? You're not fooling anybody here. 
You're old. I was somewhere a while back, and don't worry. And I, I, I saw a woman, and, and she was just doing everything she could to act like she was in her, you know, in her college years, from the way she appeared to the way she spoke. And people were smiling, but they weren't smiling because they thought, well, this is amazing. They're smiling because, you know, like seeing a clown at the circus. It's entertaining. It's like there's this joke everybody got but her. Right? And, and so our society, we flipped it. We, we value more the opinion of the younger than we do the lived experience of the older. So you want to know why our country is in chaos right now? It's because from our universities to our politicians, help me, and even our churches, they are only trying to appeal to the opinion of the teenagers and the 20-somethings. And in doing so, we are living out the dumbest ideas possible. I saw a video. You'd love this, Sister Jamie. I, I actually need to send it to your husband. He'd get a kick out of this because he's from New York. They went to Columbia and started asking students, can a man get pregnant? Did you see that? And every student at Columbia started going, mm -hmm, yeah, man can get pregnant if he wants to. And then they went to the Bronx. And they started asking people in the Bronx and Harlem, can a man get pregnant? And they said, are you stupid? The New Yorker said, are you stupid? Forget about it. <laughs> what would cause borderline senile politicians to sit there and go, I can't define a woman? It's not because they're trying to appeal to us. They think that's what the younger want to hear. And if you want to do that, start taking your banking advice from a 17-year-old. Tell me how that works out. Start following the diet of an unrestricted 13-year-old. Let me know how that works out for you. Fruity Pebbles at 2 a.m., why not? Say, Pastor, I, th I think you're, you know, you're getting a little carried away with this whole spirit of holiness. Uh-uh. When I say that the, the, the aged women, that's what the Bible says, the aged women, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness. Well, what is holiness? It's being godly. That doesn't mean you have to be prudish. Still have fun. Doesn't mean you have to dress like a midnight or omnish. Doesn't mean you can't laugh and have a good time. 
It just says the aged, we need to be an example to the younger. Then it goes on and says, uh, as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. Then we drop down to verse 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness. I'm going I'm to preach the spirit of holiness if only 20 people want to be saved. I don't care how big they build their churches. Those aren't churches. Those are gatherings. Because to be a part of the kingdom of God, we've got to deny ungodliness. Pastor, what's ungodliness? Really simple. Write this down if you've got notes. What is ungodliness? Dot, dot, dot. Not of God. Ushers, we may need some oxygen. But people are passing out with how deep that is. Godliness is somewhat easy to define because you look at it and go, will that bring glory to God? Will that draw people to God or me or my agenda? So I'm going to move on. Denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. Now, Notice he didn't say sexual lusts. Now, he says that a plenty of other places. So for anybody who walks out here and goes, well, pastor said we can have sexual lust anywhere we want to go. We, I didn't say that. And some of y'all laugh and go, oh, he's just being fun. I have to say that. You would not even believe the amount of people that will walk out of here if I don't clarify that and go, well, pastor said I can go to Walmart and lust all day. Which, first of all, if you're going to Walmart to lust, you got big issues anyway. <laughs> This does not exempt sexual lust. It's explicitly spoken of in the word of God. I highlight that to say that Paul expressly wrote to Titus, deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. Okay? Now, when, 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 for all you, the English majors here, when you put L-Y on the end of something, what does it do? Yeah, it makes an adverb. It tells you what the L-Y is. So if, if something is L-Y, godly, that means like God or of God. So he said that, that we deny ungodliness and worldly of world lusts. What is lust? Just throw out a definition. Don't say sexual lust because we're not talking about sexual lust. Don't lust. What's it? Inordinate desire. Man, I'm going to love having you a part of Bible study. <laughs> I guarantee you, if you Googled it right now, that is the exact definition. Inordinate desire. Mess it up a little bit, at least make me sound smart. Amen. <laughs> Deny an inordinate desire of the world. 
Um, I've got some bad news. Okay? I, I'm going to hate to break this to you. But you're going to have to live with your flesh till you die. You're, you, you're never going to pray your flesh through until it gets it and goes, oh, yes. <laughs> got it. No more problems. I love everybody. I don't have any anger issues. No disagreement. Cool, by You're going to have to deal with that flesh until you die. And remember, your flesh only loves one thing. You ready for this? Your flesh loves one thing. Your desire. That's it. That's it. I'll prove it to you. How many has got a desire for breath? You okay? <laughs> Stop breathing. See what happens. Your flesh will want breath more than your mind will tell you. I don't want to breathe. Okay? Your flesh, doesn't matter how much you discipline it. It's going to want what it wants. And typically, it's going to want what's not good for you. I, I just had this conversation recently. That's why when you have children, one of these days God's going to bless you and you're going to have children and you're going to understand what I'm talking about. Right now, you're just nodding your head because you don't even know what I'm talking about. One of these days you'll know and you'll have some kids and I'm going to tell you what, they're liars. I told somebody today, I said, children, no matter how sweet and kind, they are natural jerks. <laughs> that is their nature. It's their carnal. The Bible said, that. Well, it didn't say jerks. It says enmity against God, which is worse. Because when a child is born, Brother Vincent, you're not going to have to sit down with them and go, okay, Vinny three, now listen. <laughs> This is how we tell a lie, tell a lie, tell a lie. This is how we tell a lie. Did you get that? When mama says, is your room clean? Shove everything under the bed and say, yes. You got it? You won't have to do that. That is so natural. You won't have to sit down and go, okay, here's how you don't share with your sister, okay? You just hold it to yourself, and anytime she reaches for it, go, ah, okay? Because believe it or not, that's the most natural instinct that is mine. Because that's her natural desire. To be a Christian you have to learn to deny that desire in every aspect of your life. If, if, if you're uh, going to be fit and in shape, you've got to learn to drive by Krispy Kreme when the red sign's on. You can go eat it if you want to. You eat 25 of if you want to, but you better get you some bigger stretchy britches. 
But if you're going to be fit, you've got to learn to deny that impulse. I told you that story years ago when I was trying to lose all that weight. I pulled in the Krispy Kreme parking lot, and I said, God, if you want me to have a Krispy Kreme, well, I feel it right now. That hot glaze coming over that donut, that's like, that's like the Shekinah glory. It just, just that, just flowing. Some people sing, Lord, make me a vessel of honor. I say, God, make me a lump of dough at, at Krispy Kreme. Just put me under the spout where the glaze comes out. Amen. And I said, God, if you want me to have a Krispy Kreme, there'll be a parking spot right in front of the door. You ain't going to believe this. After about the 35th time I've circled the parking lot, a spot came open. To be a disciple means discipline. This is antithetical or opposing the most common accepted view of being a Christian to what most churches are teaching today because it is this free love just oh God don't care just show up and worship and just man it don't matter let, let me let me say this. I don't know how far I'm going to get into this one. Uh, y'all should congratulate Woodland. I at least got four paragraphs there last night. And there's like 17 pages on just this lesson, if that gives you any idea. And I'm not going to do it tonight. Don't worry. Some of you may not know this, but <clears throat> did you know what the Secret Service, do you know what their number one responsibility is as a department? You know, anybody want to venture a guess? Protecting the president is one of, but actually, this is why fascinating. I didn't know this until a few years ago. That's actually less than about 3% of what they do. The majority of what they do is deal with counterfeit money. It's weird. I mean, why are people dealing with counterfeit money, having to protect the president? Oh, it makes sense. <laughs> They're around fake stuff all the time. Anyway, praise God. Oh, if that offended you, you should have been here five years ago. I said it about the last one. And I said about the one before that one and the one before. I am an equal opportunity critic. <laughs> Amen. I'm not left or right. I'm saved. Here's what's fascinating. I, I started, Brother Chase, I started studying. I'm, you, you'll probably go dig into this after. It was amazing to me. That's outside of just a handful that do security detail. That's maybe about 3% of their whole branch of whatever you would call that. I'm losing the word department. The vast majority of them protect our currency from counterfeit. Here's what blew my mind. Did you know that they don't examine counterfeit money? You know what they spend their time doing? Studying the real thing. They get so familiar with the real thing that when they do see the counterfeit, they instantly know this ain't right. You need to get so familiar with the word of God and the spirit of holiness that when something counterfeit comes, something, that's not right. 
So I'm not going to spend all these months talking about what this church ain't doing and that group ain't doing. That ain't, that ain't any of my business. What I'm going to do is show us through God's word what the real thing is. That we get so familiar with the real thing that when somebody comes along and says, yeah, I don't take all that, you go, whoa, 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 something's off here. Amen. I'm not here to examine false doctrine. I want to examine doctrine, Brother Chase. I want to get so familiar with the truth of God's word that when somebody even deviates it, even just a little bit, I can go, oh, that's off. Amen. Man, we haven't finished the scripture yet. Deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. That inordinate desire of things of the world. All right? Things of the world. You can lust for things that you need to deny. I, people do it all the time. They lust for another car. Now, that's different saying I need a new car or I'd like this car. When, when I mean they have an inordinate passion about it. You, you can't make things idols in your life. I know I talked about that recently. I'm not going to go back into it. Amen. Uh, deny uh, ungodliness and worldly lust. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly would mean what? Of God. We deny worldly. We pursue godly. Amen. When we get to heaven, we can do this. No. In this present world, looking for that blessed hope, and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1 and 15 through 16 says, I love this. Because there are so many people that say, you know, all that holiness, that, that's for the Old Testament. Have you not read your Bible? But as he which hath called you is, so be ye in all manner of, let me just stop right here for a minute. Do you catch a theme here? You catching a theme? Holy conversation, pure conversation. You want to know why? Because you are what you speak. Somebody says, I'm a Christian, and they drop F-bombs everywhere. Or they cuss like a sailor on shore leave. Sorry. Something ain't right here. Because Peter says, we got to be holy in all manner of conversation. Why? Verse 16 tells us why. Because it is written. Uh, before you answer this, think really hard before you raise your hand or don't raise your hand. How many think that this following statement is a suggestion? Or is he commanding something? Be ye holy, because I'm not going to tell you to do anything that I'm not going to do. You be holy, for I am holy. That's not a suggestion. Do it. We, we have people that live suggestive.
Christianity. They, 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 they themselves may not do it, but they'll suggest others do it. They may not do it, but they will be entertained by people that do or hang around people that do. You need to have such a spirit of holiness in you that you walk out of places because it grieves the Holy Spirit or the spirit of holiness in you. There are restaurants that we have walked in and walked out of. Because it grieved the spirit of holiness or the Holy Spirit. There, there are places you ought not be associated with. Not because in and of itself it's in, but the Bible says to, to shun the very appearance of evil. If it could be appearing as evil. There's restaurants... Uh, uh, been recommended and you walk in and it's 80% bar and 20% restaurant. Sorry, I'm not, I'm not going to be there. I travel and, and I go um, to a restaurant and, and when they see a single man and I say, yeah, seat for, table for one, you know, the majority of the time they walk me to the bar. I go, no, 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 I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't drink. Oh, but you'll get full service here at the bar. No, I'm not going to sit there. <laughs> you afraid you're going to drink something? No, worse than that. It's worse than that. I'm afraid you might walk in and wonder if I did. Let's just be honest. If you got a snapshot me of me sitting at a bar at Applebee's just eating the New Orleans chicken and shrimp. I guarantee you can, oh, no, not me. You would have a question. Why is he sitting there? Is it a sin to sit there? Nope, it's just a table. But you know what it appears to be? Well, this just good old-fashioned holiness teaching right here. Just, just Christian living. You know what's amazing? Up until about 35, 45 years ago in America, every church taught what I'm teaching right now. Every denomination taught this. Got to show the appearance of you. There, there's a place I ain't going to eat their food because I don't even want the appearance of their food. Well, they've got good food. You can just order it to go. Listen, I'm going to say, and I know it's going to sound humorous, but I want to be very clear. No Christian, especially man or woman, has any business going to a Hooters restaurant or even ordering to go in any other restaurant that would be like that. You're kind of, kind of taking an extreme example here to say we ought to have enough spirit of holiness in us. So I'm going to tell you what, if you're married and your wife found out you went there, you're going to have bigger issues anyway. Well, I was just there because I like their buffalo wings. Liar. Not if you're a man and you got two eyeballs and a beaten heart. First, uh, Second Peter 3 and 11. Let me move on quickly. Amen, my time is winding down. Uh, first, uh, Second Peter 3 and 11. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be? 
in all holy conversation, godliness. We are not like the world. We're not like the world in our conversations. We're not like the world in our entertainment. We are not like the world in any aspect. We can't be. Because his word said we're to deny that. Praise God. Last time I I, I sat and I played the song, uh, the first week of this series, the song we used to sing, To Be Like Jesus, To Be Like Him on Earth I Long, To Be Like Him, All Through Life's Journey from Earth to Glory. I only long to be like him. We need to get that back in our way of thinking. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like him. Because holiness is nothing more or less than being a Christian. Many church members, they they start taking on the, the name Christian that they have no right to that term. To be a Christian means to be Christ-like or more aptly translated, it literally means a follower of Christ. That means I follow what Christ did. Only as one lives a life of holiness can we be like Christ. It is holiness that qualifies men and women to be Christians. It's not the other way around. It's not your Christianity that, that allows you to be holy. It's your holiness that allows you to be a Christian. The followers of our Lord were first called Christians in Antioch in Acts 11 and 26. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled together with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were first called, uh, were, the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. So there was much teaching and much assembling to be called Christian. Listen, listen. To, and if you're taking notes, this is something you need to take down. Holiness is the most natural way of life for a born-again child of God. Holiness, I'm going to say it again. Holiness is the most natural way of life for the born-again child of God. Because if you have the Holy Spirit, it wants to work the spirit of holiness. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The new man in Christ does not find a life of holiness burdensome or restrictive. Let me say that one again. The new man in Christ, once born again of the Spirit, will not find a life of holiness to be burdensome or restrictive. Holiness, the Spirit of holiness, should not be a burden to somebody born again. It should be as natural as breathing. Because he gave me his Holy Spirit to be like 
him. So no, God gave us the Holy Spirit to save us. Okay, well, you're partially right, okay, because it, it, it saves us. It regenerates us, right? But, <clears throat> Brother Garza, if, if God just wanted to save us and that was it, then why didn't he kill you when you were saved? Because you'd be saved. And there's some people it might have worked out better for them, you know. Get the Holy Ghost, baptize them, just say in Jesus' name, hold them under there until the last bubble comes up. Because, Sister Cynthia, if, if the goal of the Holy Spirit was only to get us to heaven, then when we got it, God would have took us out of the earth right then. and we'd... But why did he give us the Holy Spirit? So we could become holy on the earth. Holy Spirit, Spirit of holiness. It makes us to be like him. I don't know about, I don't want to have restrictive speech. Bless God, I've got the First Amendment. I'm an American. Well, okay. Okay. Try that with God on the judgment day. Well, God, I, didn't, I just said everything that came to my mind. I'm an American. He says, okay. Whole lot of Americans going to the smoking section of eternity. Go right on over there. Y'all with me? Is this all right? Good. I worked hard on this. I was going to give it to you anyway. Amen. We shouldn't find a life of holiness a, a drudgery. See, man, I, I probably won't even get past this. We have got to stop looking at holiness as being transactional. I'm going to say it one more time, and then I'm going to stop for about 15 seconds and let you think about what I just said. We have got to stop seeing holiness as being transactional. Got it? Get what I'm saying? What does that mean? We've got to quit thinking that our holiness isn't a transaction agreement to the Lord. Okay, God, I'll be holy because I want this. Listen to me. I, 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 I know it sounds like I'm being facetious, but I'm not. This is how most people who try to live a life of holiness live. Okay, God, I'll be holy, but I need that new job. God, I've been living holy. Why aren't you saving my family? Holiness is not transactional. Holiness is mandatory. See, we teach that transactional stuff with our children, and it's, and it's fine. Hey, clean your room, and you get an allowance, right? It's transactional. So then we take that over to the Lord. And we say, okay, God, I, I cleaned my room. Where's my miracle? I'm living holy. No, 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 no. That, that, that was your reasonable service. I don't want to give this up. Then you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit again. I like my music. You need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit again. 
I like that TV show. I love that movie. It's ungodly, but I like it. Truly, God, I just You need to pray through. Because if you have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of holiness working in you, there's things you're going to hear. You go, oh, I don't need to hear that. Things that will pop up. Oh, I don't need to give me a Job chapter 31 and verse 1. We need to get back to this stuff. Pastor, don't preach it. means I ain't got to live it. What? I, I, I wouldn't take a chance on heaven with that one. Listen, listen to what, say it loud enough they get it on the podcast. Listen to, hold on real fast. Look at what Job says about this. See, we think if we do it, that's when it's the sin. An ancient African proverb, it's one of my favorite. If you're taking notes, write this down. Matter of fact, go to the front first blank page you got in your Bible and write it down. It will help you live for God. Look not where you fell, but where you stumbled. Because the sin wasn't really the issue. It was the issue that led you to the sin. That was the issue. A lot of times, it ain't the act is where I messed up. It was the people I was hanging around that caused me to drop my guard to mess up in the beginning with. You know, mama used to say, show me your friends. I'll show you your future. It works a lot of ways. Show me your diet. I'll show you your health. Show me your bank account. I'll show you your priorities. Look at what Job said. Job, now, before, before we read this, you got to understand something about Job. Job was a perfect man. Now, what I said, that's what God said. God was so impressed with Job that he took titles only reserved for himself, and he put them on Job. And when the devil came before God, God said, have you considered Job? That he is a perfect man? There is none like him in all the earth? One that fears God and pushes away evil? God gave Job two titles he wouldn't give to any other human. Perfect. And there's nobody like him in the earth. Why? Because Job did two things. He loved God, number one. But number two, as much as he loved God, he hated sin. Yeah, I'm not getting past this. He hated sin as much as he loved God. Matter of fact, how many is willing to agree with me? Job went through some stuff in his life. I think we could moderately say that Job had a tough time there for a little while. Well, first of all, it wasn't even that long period of a time. It, it was actually about 9 to 12 months is how long his trial went. And he lived to be about 140-something years old. But we only focus on the trial, but there's triumphs in Job's life. The first one was that, that he loved God, but as much as he loved God, he hated sin. So much so, <laughs> let me tell you, how many would agree with me? Job whooped the devil. I think he whooped the devil. And I'm really going to make some of you uncomfortable. You're going to squirm on this one. I know it. Some of you will. Job whooped the devil, and he didn't even have the Holy Ghost to do it. 
Job whooped the devil, and Brother Strickland, he didn't even have a Bible to do it. And you got a Bible, and you got the Holy Ghost, and you can't stop sinning? Job didn't even have a church. Didn't have the Holy Ghost, didn't have a church, didn't have the Bible. Job didn't even have a friend to help him. The only friends he had said, you are a loser. You are a bum. Look at what you did. His own wife looked at him and said, curse God and die, baby. That's all I got to say. You got the Holy Ghost. You got a great church family. And you got the word of God. And you can't overcome your own nature. Honey, that dog ain't going to hunt when you get to the judgment day. Because you're going to have to stand beside Job and go, man, I wish I'd have had the Holy Ghost. Imagine what I'd have done to the devil if I'd have had the Holy Ghost, if I'd had the Bible, if I'd had a church family. Let me tell you how much Job hated sin. Job chapter 1 says that his children were having a celebration. There is no indication, not one indication, brother guy, Anything bad happened, nothing nefarious, no sin. It was an upright, I mean, it was clean. It was, it was like a purpose youth night. Man, they were just having a good time. No sin. You know what Job did? He went and he built an altar, and he sacrificed, and he repented to the Lord in case his children may have sinned in their heart. Why is it we don't build altars until all hell breaks loose? Because a spirit of holiness says, I want to be like him, and I want to please him. And when I find out what pleases him, I want to give that to him. And I don't care what anybody else thinks about it. Because anybody else's opinion of what pleases him is irrelevant to me at this point. If he wanted me to stand on my head in a bucket of mud, I'd make mud bubbles while I was doing it. Now, he's not asking you to do that, okay? I mean, some people pay good money to have mud poured on them. We were at a hotel a while back. It was like $400 for a mud bath, and I went, $400? You need to come back to Texas with me. I'll kick you in a mud hole for 20 bucks. When I find out when he gets pleasure, what he enjoys, what he desires, I give that to him. And anybody else's opinion doesn't matter. It only matters what he thinks of me. Oh, you're just a prude. You're just a goody to Whatever. If he desires it, what I want to give him. I, I remember when Addie was real little and she used to love having tea parties. Loved having tea parties. And let me tell you what a grown man in his 30s would do for a little three-year-old that want to have tea time with her dad. I squatted down on those uncomfortable little chairs like this and we had stuffed animals sitting around the table 
Minnie Mouse or whoever sitting around. And we had, she had her little, did she go put water in it? And I'm sitting there. And if you think that's stupid, I don't give a flying rip. It brought her joy. And I get joy in seeing her joy. And if you'd have walked by my window and seen a 6'2", 6'3", 300-pound grown man squatted at a little wooden table with his pinky out, sipping out of the going, ooh, I want some more, I want some more, and that's all you saw, you'd have walked off and said, what an idiot. Why would any grown man want to do that? See, that's irrelevant to me. I could care less what you think. I know what's bonding us. I know what she enjoys. I know what she loves, and I because I love her, I want to be a part of that. I'm every bit as a man's man. It doesn't make me any less man to sit down and have tea with my little girl. Sorry, my masculinity is not that fragile. And somebody joke, who what, what a sissy is in there having tea? I'm sorry. I, I, I can't help it. You struggle with those issues. I don't. When I hold a tea dish with my pinky out with my little girl when she was a little girl, that, I'm telling you, it was so masculine. Macho man Randy Savage wanted to drink tea. <laughs> you dig it? Amen. <laughs> what I'm, what my, the point I'm trying to make is if he wants me to be holy, I don't care what anybody else thinks about holiness. And I don't mean that in a mean way. I only care what he thinks. When you find out what he loves, what he desires, what he wants, we give that to him. We do that in our most basic of, uh, of relationships. When... Uh, a few years ago, matter of fact, the memories are popping up on Facebook. It's one of the things I love about Facebook. You get to relive these memories out of the blue, and it was, what, three years ago, four years ago, 100 years ago, whenever it was. We were in Washington, D.C. on the scooters, and, man, those pictures pop up, and I'm, I'm reliving those memories. And right now, five years, whatever, six, however long ago, we were in New York City, and I'm looking at those pictures, and, and I'm, I'm reminiscing on all the, all the fun that we had, right? But if you know me, you know I ain't no city boy. I don't like big cities. I mean, I'll go. It's not my thing. I'd rather be in the Smoky Mountains on a river somewhere fishing for catfish. I'd rather be on a beach somewhere way away from everybody else. If you get a shark attack, you're dying. I want to be that far away from people <laughs> that the ambulance can't get me in time. That's how far. That's what I consider a relaxing good time. I don't. A relaxing good time is not having a bunch of people rub up all over me while I'm walking down the street. It's not my idea of a good time. But my wife had always wanted to go to New York City. And my daughter wanted to go all those many, many, many whole seven years of her life wanted to see, or eight, whatever it was, nine years. She'd wanted to see New York. So when we went, it didn't care that I'd much rather be on a lake fishing I was where the desire of my heart wanted to be. And I enjoyed it. I did. Now, the last day, I broke out in shingles. 
That's no joke. I was stressed out. I was stressed out. Some crazy people up in New York City. Before you judge me, get on the subway at Penn Station and start riding around New York City. Them people are crazier than a spray cockroach up there. We're having a good time. Addie's walking out of the, out of the uh, 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 subway going, Ew, it smells like a toilet in there. Well, we had a good time walking in town square. Them people are nuts or crazy. But we were having a good time. And my wife is walking around. I'm taking pictures of them. And, and I had a blast. I had a good time. I mean, I, I was where their desire was. Because where their heart is, because they're my heart, my heart's where they are. And my wife's going, oh, look at this restaurant in 1923. They, had a, they took a picture of, of this one, and they were eating a dessert, and they had this. And, and we go in the restaurant. I don't know anything about, what is that place called? It's serendipity. I don't know anything about serendipity. Oh, this breakfast at Tiffany's, and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And we go in there, and serendipity. And they ate, and she's getting what the queen or the whoever ate something there one time 100 years ago. She saw a picture of it. And she's having a good time, and Addie's over eating a scoop of ice cream with chocolate sauce on it. And they're going, oh, we're here, we're here. And, and look at me. Souffle for me. What? I'm, I'm going to have a good time with them. <laughs> you ever been around somebody that's always got to complain when somebody's having a good time? Can't stand being around people like that. I, I know people are in marriages like that. They say, oh, I love Texas Roadhouse. Go, I hate Texas Roadhouse. I'd rather head out back. Can't stand Texas Roadhouse. What horrible roles. I can't stand them. You don't like their roles. You probably need to come repent anyway. Always. They're going to tell you what they don't like. Isn't it awkward being around people that argue all the time? You've been around married people that argue in front of you? Oh, my Lord. And I'm not talking about playful stuff. I'm talking about just for real arguing veins popping out of their neck. So stupid. Where are we going to? I hate this place. Last time I ate there, I found a roach in my salad. But we're going to go. You're sitting back there going, oh, my God. You guys probably should have separate homes. They're going to hurt each other. They're on their anniversary, see them on Facebook. 39 years in love. <laughs> 39 years in love, yeah. 39 years you've been in love with the idea of slipping strychnine in their coffee. <laughs> I didn't walk through New York going, I can't stand this place. Bunch of weirdos, bunch of Yankees up here, just bunch of weird people. The food's weird. It smells weird. It smells like a urinal everywhere I go. I don't like all these buildings. Everything's expensive. You got to walk everywhere. Going, rah, rah, rah. I had a good time. I had a blast. Would I go by myself? No. But I enjoyed it. Why? Because what they did. And if we're honest about how 99% of Christians live their life, I'll be holy, but I don't want to be holy. Be holy, little children. Be holy. Be holy, saints of God. Be pure. Be chaste in conversation. Deny worldliness and ungodly lust. I'll do it, but I really don't want to. That's why you need the spirit of holiness. 
Because the spirit of holiness says, if he's holy, I'll be holy too. Even when I don't understand it. I don't understand why she liked that place with that dessert. I just, she wanted to go in uh, Bloomingdale's and all that. I didn't understand it, but I went and I enjoyed it. Meant something, meant a whole lot more to her than it did to me. The place, but you know what meant more to me than probably what that place meant to her? Seeing them find joy and pleasure. We need to reevaluate our relationship with God. I'll do it, but I don't like it like a three-year-old holding their breath at the grocery store because they don't get fruity pebbles. God sees it. God sees it. Because you can get it right in speech. You can get it right in what you see. You can get it right in what you wear and what you walk. But God sees the inside. He knows the thought and the intent. I'm doing it because the church says I have to do it. Pastor said we got to do it. Wrong reason. You missed it. You got separation, but you ain't got holiness yet. Amen. Brother Luke has come. I, I don't even know what time I started, but I'm pretty sure it was long enough. Look at what Job said. We need to get back to this. I remember the old timers used to say this. I would hear them pray this. I would hear them say this. We need to get back to this. Stand and read this real loud. What did Job say in Job 30 and 1? Made a covenant with my eyes. Say that again. For the people online. I made a covenant with mine eyes. He didn't even make a covenant with God. He said, I made a covenant with my eyes. What? Did you even catch that? That's deeper than what you just heard. He said, now he's got a covenant with God. Don't misunderstand me. He said, I made a covenant with my eyes. And if I made a covenant with my eyes, then why should I even think about a maid? Now, the translation is I've made a covenant with my eyes, so why should I have lustful thoughts for women that aren't my wife? Hmm. That is encapsulated right there, the spirit of holiness. God says don't commit adultery. Job said, because I love him, I'm going to make a covenant with my eyes that I won't even think about cheating on my wife. Because Job understood if I let it in my eyes, it will get in my head. And if it gets in my head, it'll get through my body. Oh, the way of holiness. It is not the most well-worn path, but it is the way of God. And it is the way that the people of God should follow. I'm not trying to, 
I, I, I would to God I could just somehow tear open my heart and you see it. I am not in any way. There is no motive of being mean. There is no motive of trying to be harsh or rude or condescending or incendiary or controversial. There's my, my, my motive is purely as I stand before God to present to the Lord a holy people and a holy bride without spot and without wrinkle. Because the only bride that Christ is going to accept on that day is the one that has kept herself pure. Not stained with the world or wrinkled with carnality. I can still hear my pastor, Bishop Hurst, say it all the time. We were young preachers when I said, man, as a matter of fact, we talked here just maybe it was yesterday or the day before, and he reminded me of it again. Son, our greatest responsibilities as preachers and pastors is to present God's bride to him holy the way he commanded it to be. If his bride does not go before him holy, not only will the people feel the repercussions, but I will take the brunt of God's judgment on that one. That's what the Word says. Sometimes if it seems I'm being a little hard or mean dealing with issues of Christianity, let's just quit calling it, oh, it's standardized. It's Christianity. It's holiness. It's being so hard. I don't know about it. It's because, listen to me, brother. Listen to me, sister. Because I love your soul so much that I'm willing to offend you in the moment that you can be saved for eternity. And anybody that knows me that's been here long enough knows. My, I've always said I'm... I, I, I'd rather err on the side of grace than judgment. I, but there comes a point where, I've, where the Lord steps in and says, okay, 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 okay. That right there is not like me. You need to warn them. That's not like me. They need to quit talking like that. They, they don't need to go to them places anymore. They can't keep watching that stuff. They got to stop reading them books. I don't know if y'all catching this or not. They got to stop dressing like that. Can't. Amen. That's not me. Believe me, it's not me. That's God's word. One of the greatest honors of my life outside being a husband and a father is being called your pastor. God didn't call me to be your candy man. I'd like to think, by and large, the preaching you hear is doctrinal, but it's doctrinally uplifting. It's encouraging. It's strengthening. It's challenging. But every once in a while, the Word of God's going to put His finger on something in your life, whether it's from this pulpit, over the phone, or in the office. And God's going to, through me, not that I'm God, relaying the ordinance of his word. 
I'm going to say that, 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 that right there, that's, that's not holy. That conversation is not holy. That, that, that place is not holy. That we, we can't. And, and maybe even some of those things aren't even sin. We ought not just abstain from sin, but there's sometime the Lord's going to convict you about the things that are going to get you close enough to it. Amen. One of my favorite preachers was uh, back in his day was uh, Norman L. Wagner. And uh, he's a black pastor up in Ohio and one of the men in his church came to him and he told the story. He said, one of the men in his church said, Pastor, I know we preach against alcohol and I'm, I'm with it. He said, but what about this near beer? He said, well, what's near beer? He said, well, it's non-alcoholic beer. He said, what do you think about that, Pastor? Bishop Wagner said, I don't know nothing about no near beer, but it sure do sound too much like near lake of fire to me. You catching what I'm saying? Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Shun even the appearance of evil. I remember my grandma whooping me for getting a root beer bottle and putting it in a brown paper bag and wrapping it up because it looked like a beer bottle. And we knew it looked like a beer bottle. That's why we did it. We wanted to look cool. It got my hind end tore up for that. And the word she said while she was whooping me in a circle around the living room was, you got to shun the appearance of evil. Don't let your good evil spoken of. Amen. There are some things that in and of itself wouldn't be a sin, but it has the appearance of it. God said, I want you to be holy so much that I want you to stay away from anything that could be misconstrued as unholy. Would you stand with me tonight? I, I hope you still love me. I hope, I hope the last three minutes didn't undo everything else you received in this. But we need to get back to, Lord, I'm going to make a covenant with my eyes. Make a covenant with my mouth, my hands, my ears. I'm going to, in other words, I'm going to stop it before it gets too late. It would be foolish to build a fence in your front yard for your children to play in if you built it one foot into the road. Now, you're going to build that fence far enough away from the road that if they do get out, you got plenty of time to get them before they get to the road. That's what a covenant is. Lord, oh, I know other people may be able to do it, but not me. I made a covenant with my eyes. I'm going to walk in this way, which is called holy. Would you just lift your hands to the Lord right now? As his beautiful spirit is moving in this place right now. <laughs> He's calling us higher 
He's calling us to be more like Him. He's calling us to walk away from evil, to walk away from those things that are not pleasing to Him. I know you may be thinking, Pastor, I don't know if I can give that up. I don't know if I can surrender that. I don't know if I can do that. I know that's a question. I've had that in my mind too, but here's what God said. All things are possible through him. And if I really want to be like him, there's nothing I'm not willing to lay on the altar. There's nothing I'm not willing to lay upon an altar and say, Lord, I give it to you because I want to be like you. I want to be like you, Lord. I want to be like you. I want this world to see a reflection of you through me, oh God. Go ahead, let the Holy Ghost pray through you for a moment. That's all right. I want to be more like you. Jesus, I want to be more like you I want to be a vessel you work through and I want to be more like you oh yes this is my prayer and I want to be more like you no matter what the world says, I want to be more like you. Oh, I want to be a vessel that you work through. And I want to be more. Come on, lift those hands. Lay yourself on the altar right now and say that to the Lord. I want to be Come on, put your flesh on the altar and say, Jesus, I want to be more like you. Yes, I do. Oh, I want to be, I want to be a vessel you work through. And I want to be more like you. Oh, I feel it moving in this place. Yes, you feel the Holy Ghost in here? Do you feel the Holy Spirit? You feel that spirit of holiness just moving through this place? Be more like you. I want to be a vessel that you work through. I want to be more like you. Amen. How many, how many you'll make that, make that a a priority when you leave here. Listen, don't ever let anybody tell you that holiness is works-based. That is a lie. Oh, there, that's salvation. But no, it's not. Salvation is only by grace through faith, lest any man should boast. But here's what we also know. If we have salvation, if we have the Holy Spirit, works are going to be natural. If I got the Holy Spirit, the spirit of holiness, Sister Cynthia, it's going to be natural. Amen. Because I want to be more like you. Jesus, 
Because the Holy Ghost is moving in you right now. I know there's different ones of us. You know the Holy Ghost put a finger on something in your life. Every one of us. Because none of us are perfect. And the Holy Ghost is saying, Consecrate that to me. Consecrate that to me. Amen. Not, Lord, I'm going to give it to you because I want more anointing or I want more gift. No, it's not transactional. Does this bring you pleasure, Lord? Okay. All right. Is this what you want of me? Okay. Okay. Yes. I'll present my body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God because it's my reasonable service. And I'll be not conformed unto this world, but transformed by the renewing of my mind that I might be able to prove that which is that good and that perfect and acceptable will of God. I'll come out from among them and be a separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. So you will receive me unto you, and I will be your child, and you will be my father. Come on, that's it. That's beautiful. That's, that's that knife at the altar we preached about on Sunday. That's where we sacrifice it. That's what's okay, God. Okay, God. Not my will, but thy will be done, nevertheless. That's it. Yes, yes, Lord. You told me to separate. I'll do it. You don't have to force it. I'll do it. I'll do it. That right there is the genuine. That's the real thing. What you're experiencing, right? that's not a counterfeit. That's the spirit of holiness. That's the Holy Spirit. That's real. Get familiar with that and you'll reject anything less. You will never confuse another path with the way of holiness. Because you found it. Now walk in it. And go in the strength of God walk in the way of holiness. Hallelujah. Amen. If you need to be dismissed, please, you can slip out if you, it's cool outside if you want a fellowship. Amen. But I feel like there's some people may just want to pray a little bit and I don't want to rush them along because the spirit of holiness is drawing us to a
to an altar right now, and that's fine. If you want to come to this altar and pray, please feel free. You can pray where, right where you are. That's fine. Amen. But if you need to be dismissed, if you could do that quietly, we'd appreciate it. Amen. There's the Holy Ghost is moving in this place right now. That's heart surgery, yes.
Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.